Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hometown Fresh podcast, the show that talks all things grocery, customer service, career development, and more. I'm Gracie, social media coordinator for Harps Food Stores, and I'm so excited for not only this episode, but the launch of our new podcast. If you're tuning in, we're glad you're here. Feel free to send us future questions or comments. Our email linked in the description below. Today, I'm going to be talking with our bakery deli category specialist, Jason Cash, who oversees our specialty cheese program. And we're going to be discussing charcuterie boards, how they're made, and how you can find specialty cheeses at Harps to make the best one. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing well, Gracie. How are you? I'm pretty good. So can you go ahead and tell us just kind of what you do here at Harps and what your daily responsibilities entail? Sure, yes. As you said in the introduction, I manage the specialty cheese program here at Harps, and that includes cheese, obviously, but also the things that go well with cheese, meats, crackers, uh, fruit preserves, things of that nature. And um, I additionally uh, write our ads and oversee some of the promotional activities that we do for the bakery deli and then just you know various odd jobs. I want to start off just by talking about the history of the charcuterie board uh, and where the idea of them originated. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure well technically charcuterie is a term that refers to um, preserved meats and it's uh, from an old French term that referred to cooked meats specifically but that also includes you know uh, meats that are salt cured, smoked, things of that sort. And so, you know, technically a charcuterie board is going to involve a charcuterie, so it's going to have meats. A lot of times people will put together a cheese board and call it a charcuterie board. And, you know, if we're going to split hairs, uh, it's not a charcuterie board unless it includes charcuterie. But in addition to um, charcuterie items, meat items, uh, these boards typically will include a number of cheeses, uh, crackers, bread, sweet and savory accompaniments, including miniature pickles, olives, fruit spreads, whole grain mustards, nuts, uh, fresh and dried fruit. So it's a pretty broad term. Yeah. Historically, was it just meats or like did we just start adding in all those, the nuts, the olives, the fruits, or what was it traditionally, do you think? You know, um, I think, you know, based on the broad research I've done into the topic, you know, the charcuterie, like I said, refers to the meats. And um, I imagine in the last few hundred years when people have uh, put these boards together, just whatever they had on hand that would go well with the meats were, you know, paired up with them. And so just over time, it's something that's evolved, you know, that I don't kind know. Kind of become trendy. and Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's something that's been um, in fashion in Europe, certainly for quite a long time. And then only recently in the last short period has it been popularized here in the U.S. Yeah. What are some of your tips for creating a great charcuterie board? Is that something that you like to do in your free time? Like, do you ever just make one at home or? I mean, yeah, actually I do like them. Part of what I like about charcuterie boards is just how simple they are and um, how you have a lot of uh, flexibility in terms of what you can put on a charcuterie board. So, you know, whatever salami or um, prosciutto or other sort of cured meat you have on hand, whatever cheese whatever fruit you have, you can easily throw one of these together, Um, you know, especially in the summer when it's hot Mm -hmm. and you don't want to heat the kitchen up cooking. It's easy to throw these together. It's great for like picnics or if you're packing for travel, um, you can throw this sort of thing together. As far as tips, you know, really it's best to have a variety of tastes and textures. You know, typically people will serve 
more than one type of cheese. And so it's best to have different varieties of cheese, you know, just, just to mix it up. So if somebody were to create a basic charcuterie board, let's say they don't want to spend a fortune buying tons of cheeses and meats and cause you know, that can get expensive. Sure. Um, what would you suggest? Like, what are some base meats, cheeses, crackers that people could get for an affordable price to have just something on the counter to snack on or take on a picnic or something of that nature? Sure. Yeah. You know, I can see where, you know, cost is definitely an issue. And, um, you know, sometimes you want to have an extravagant cheese board, charcuterie board. Sometimes you just want to go with something more simple. And really, the nice thing is, in a lot of cases, you probably have on hand items that would go well in a cheese board, um, you know, crackers mm-hmm. or or cheese or whatever you might already have at your house. And so you wouldn't necessarily have to pick up a bunch of stuff. But in terms of what I would recommend, I mean, you know, when we pick out meats and cheeses and crackers for the deli, we're trying to balance having a well-rounded selection with you know, just being cost conscious and, and trying to keep things that are at a, a reasonable price. So mm-hmm. I would say if you stop into your Harps Deli, it's easy to find, you know, a lot of options that are not super high end. They're mm-hmm. they're reasonably priced. And really, I would say just, you know, pick out items that are, you know, the type of product that you're used to, that you like. A lot mm-hmm. of people like cheddar, for example. I say just go in, look around. You're sure to find a cheddar uh, for example, that is, um, you know, going to be a pleasing choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For someone who has never made a charcuterie board, mm-hmm. they, like they've never had one, they don't know what it is, that might be a little confusing sure. to, to pick out. Like, like, what do you do? Right, I, I right. don't even know. So if I'm a college student, mm-hmm. let's say, and I walk into Harps, I'm going to pick out a block of cheddar, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some, what, like Ritz crackers, you um, certainly could go with Ritz, Ritz crackers. Um, we've got a number of options over in the grocery department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also have, you know, quite a lot of options that are stocked in the deli. The nice thing about picking up these charcuterie items in the deli is they're all in one central location. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're all picked out with the idea in mind that they would go well together, generally speaking. Yeah. And, you know, we carry wafer crackers, for example, in the, in the, in the deli that I'm very fond of. And, you know, they're not very expensive crackers. You don't have to necessarily go over to the grocery department to find an affordable option. Mm -hmm. But wafer crackers are a great entry cracker, so to speak. I would say if you are new to building a charcuterie board, you know, it's really best to go with like a variety of cheeses. And we've discussed cheddar before, but, you know, you could go with like a soft cheese, like a fresh goat cheese or a brie. That would be a good example of a soft cheese. You go with like a firm or a hard cheese, like um, aged goudas are very full flavored. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spanish manchego, which is a sheep's milk cheese, is an excellent choice. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- another category of cheese that would go well on a charcuterie board would be like a semi-firm cheese. And Havarti is one that a lot of people are familiar with. Okay. It's, uh, you know, very affordable cheese. It's diverse. People very frequently enjoy Havarti. It goes great on crackers. It's excellent topped with like a fruit preserve. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there are other semi-firm cheeses that would be great options like a Gouda, not an aged Gouda, but just a regular Gouda, uh, an Alpine or Swiss style cheese 
or um, a flavored Jack style cheese would be a great choice. And then, you know, it's not for everyone, but blue cheese is another category that you might be interested in. Not everyone likes blue, but I'll tell you, uh, a lot of people do. And it's a really interesting cheese if you drizzle it with a little bit of honey. Really? Yeah, it really is an interesting combination. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was about to ask, um, blue cheese isn't super popular. People will maybe dip wings in a blue cheese dressing or they'll Mm -hmm. put crumbled blue cheese on their steak. Um, But as far as on a charcuterie board, I don't think it's super popular in that regard. But I'm wondering if I were to put blue cheese on a charcuterie board, what would you pair it with other than honey? Aside from honey, I think it goes great with dried fruit, chocolate, is an interesting thing to have, not necessarily in the same bite, but, you know, (gasps) right after the bite of blue cheese. Wait, Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt you, but you just sparked a memory for me. I have waited many tables in my time, and I had a chef at a restaurant I used to work at who made a chocolate blue cheese sauce. Really? Yes, Mm. Um, and it wasn't public to the customers. It was something he kind of made and was like, here you go, And, Mm. and we dipped our fries in it in the back. I know that sounds so weird. That sounds strange. But you said that, and I was like, wait a second. I have had this combination before. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering, chocolate and blue cheese with fries is delicious. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed the fries part. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you another interesting thing about blue cheese, and it doesn't really relate to the charcuterie board necessarily, but you know, a lot of people would put um, shredded cheddar cheese on their chili, and blue cheese on chili Uh is exceptional. What? Mm-hmm, because it has kind of that cool flavor that goes well with the warm spices of the chili. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a famous chili recipe that I make with my dad. I know we're trailing off a little bit. Oh, but no, that's fine. We're just having a conversation. Sure. So, yeah. So I have my dad's famous chili recipe. And yeah, typically you put shredded cheddar cheese on it. I have a block of blue cheese in my fridge right now that I have not used because I bought it initially for steak and then ended up not using it. And now it's just in there and I'm like, I don't. I don't know what to do with this. So maybe I'll make chili again and, yeah, there you and go. try that. Or you can make your sauce for your French fries. Yeah. yeah. I, d- I literally forgot about that until we started talking. Yeah, that's funny. I, I will tell you that blue cheese, as you know, tends to be crumbly. Mm-hmm. And um, so one tip for building a charcuterie board or a cheese board, if you don't want to put meat on there, is to have your messier cheeses on a separate plate off to the side. And okay. so that way, as people are cutting into the cheese, it doesn't sort of mess up the board around it doesn't get the other cheeses messy yeah however you want to put that yeah it doesn't mix everything up and right mm-hmm. maybe for the aesthetic purposes too it would right. help and if people are worried about that yeah and for cleanup later you know a lot of mm-hmm. times if I have a cheese board I'll have leftovers and um, some cheeses are easier to put away as leftovers for later mm-hmm. um, obviously the blue cheese you could save back for your chili or your french fries yeah um but yeah having that crumbly cheese off to the side will help with cleanup okay yeah that's a good tip i'm gonna have to use that next time because i have a board specifically at home for charcuterie like it's just a cute little something that a a local business owner made and i love using it because it's cute but i hate to clean it up because i get nervous that i'm gonna mess up the i don't know the board so that's that's is it a wood board it's wood Mm -hmm. and then it has a resin like drip mm-hmm. on it, like a colorful resin drip. And so it's it's kind of an aesthetic looking thing just to serve cheeses and stuff on. I see. Um, so you're not cutting the cheese on there. You're just... No, no. I mean, maybe like for a soft spreadable cheese, you might have a cheese spreader, but you're not actually cutting on there. No, I typically use a different cutting board mm-hmm. to chop everything up and then I display it on 
on the charcuterie board, which sounds like a lot of dirty dishes to wash just for a board. But yeah, um, I don't know. But if you think about not having to clean any pots or pans. That's true. So it's yeah. a trade-off. It is a good trade-off. Mm-hmm. How is blue cheese made, like for people that might not know? Because blue cheese is a scary one for a lot mm-hmm. of people. So yeah. blue cheese is interesting. Um, as I understand it, when the blue cheese is being made, the cheese curds are inoculated with the spores of the blue cheese. At some point in the cheese aging, uh, the cheese is is pierced with like needles, basically to allow air in. Oh. And when the air hits those spores. Hello, this is Jason. So we took a quick intermission because Jason had a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out Amy. So let's pick up where we left off. We were talking about blue cheese and we actually stopped to Google it because both of us were like, what actually is it? Yeah, like so. I had a pretty good idea of that what I was saying was mostly accurate, but I didn't want to mm-hmm. lead anyone astray. Yeah, but yeah when the uh, blue cheese is being made, you know, after the milk is coagulated and the, the curd has been cut and the whey has been, you know, removed, uh, there is a particular blue cheese mold that's added and okay. um, during the aging process, the cheese is actually skewered with steel rods, stainless steel rods. And this allows oxygen into the middle of the cheese wheel mm-hmm. and allows the mold to grow. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. It's so funny to me. Like, I know I know that most cheese, like, it's cheese because it's aged. But it's so interesting to me that we just, mold is usually bad. Right. But we eat mold. Like, there's mold that's good. Mm-hmm. It's like controlled rot. Oh gosh! Yeah, and there's I've some mold. There's some mold. That yeah, that you don't want to eat. Uh-huh. Like if you see black mold or right. red or orange or yellow mold on your cheese, that's not yeah. a good sign. So, is there ever a way for blue cheese to be like too moldy? Um, is that a thing? Not not so much too moldy, but eventually it will go bad. Right, and yeah. not in a good way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anytime you open the cheese and it and it doesn't smell right. I mean, there's some stinky cheese that's meant to smell mm-hmm. stinky, but like if you open up your blue cheese and it smells like ammoniated or something. Yeah. Um, Maybe toss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. We were talking a little bit about kind of some staple pieces to put on a charcuterie board. Right. Um, and this is also not charcuterie board related, but people might be interested in it. Mm-hmm. I think I was talking to you one time about uh, brie. Mm-hmm. I love Brie. And actually last night I had some as an appetizer for dinner. uh, If you take a wheel of brie and you put it in a just a pan and Mm -hmm. you bake it, Mm -hmm. um, cut it like in crosses and then bake it. Sure. And then there's so many different kinds of toppings that you can put on top of that to eat Mm -hmm. with like bread or crackers or I like to do bruschetta, Mm -hmm. which is just a mixture of, you know, chopped Roma tomatoes, onions, garlic, basil. And I think the last thing is balsamic vinegar. Just mix it up, put it on there. Is there anything that you like to pair with brie typically? Well, um, you know, on the subject of topping brie, I mean, you also could put, you know, like chopped pistachios and um, dried cranberries and other similar items on there. A little Mm -hmm. brown sugar, perhaps, if you wanted a sweet brie. It goes great with, again, uh, with honey, with fruit fruit preserves. Fig jam or something? Uh, You could do fig jam as well. That's a very common pairing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just thinking about it. It was really good. And I'm hungry right now. It's also great on sandwiches. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a turkey and brie. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would be good. Yeah. So you are a cheesemonger, or you were? Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. I've forgotten a few things in my day, but yes. Okay. Yes. So when did you officially get that title? Uh, I don't know that I ever officially got it, but um, I'll tell you, um, I have worked for a few different grocery stores. Okay. A few different grocery chains. And where I first learned about cheese um, was Whole Foods and the um, specialty department uh, where I lived, which in, you know included the specialty cheese program they were hiring. And I thought, well, that sounds really cool to work with cheese. Mm -hmm. So I got hired there, but it was the busy holiday season. And so I was kind of shackled to the meat and cheese slicer yeah. for the first few months. But after that, you know, I was able to migrate over to the um, specialty cheese area and just to the process of trying a bunch of cheese and talking to people about cheese, I learned. And then, you know, um, as I've moved from grocery store to grocery store, I've become familiar with more types of cheese. And um, so it's just a process of reading about cheese, trying cheese. Not everyone's going to be a cheesemonger. That's someone who actually sells cheese. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, but we can we can all learn about cheese. Yeah. Um, both online and talking to people and just trying cheese. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really an accessible topic for anyone to get into. Mm -hmm. So, like cheesemongers, you can also become a wine sommelier. Mm -hmm. Which, when I was working in fine dining, I really wanted to uh, get certified. And I never ended up having the time to do it. And it's sure. also an extremely difficult process. Mm -hmm. And I know neither of us are sommeliers, but if you were to pair wine with any cheeses on a charcuterie board, if someone was looking to have just girls night or a date night in or something like that, um, what would you suggest as far as pairings? So uh, as you've pointed out, I am not a sommelier. And actually, <laughs> um, full disclosure, my wine pairing knowledge is very limited. Okay. But I will give you a politician's answer and say um, it really depends on what kind of cheese you're serving. Okay. Now, on the charcuterie side, as far as like pairing wines with, che uh, with meats, um, champagne, um, sparkling wines, Pinot Noir, and Beaujolais are all commonly paired with cured meats. Okay. And um, so especially if your board is more meat forward, those many of those would be a safe choice. But again, um, as far as pairing with cheese goes, it really depends on what you're having. And I would say if you pick your cheeses and then do a little uh, search on what would go well with those, you'd okay. be well served. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Again, a politician's answer. Yeah. It was good, though. You could yeah. be a politician. Well, maybe. I like it. <laughs> So what are your favorite additions to a charcuterie board outside of the basic, what mm -hmm. you might expect to see? Is there anything that you like to do that is maybe off the beaten path or? Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of items that I really enjoy that people might not typically think of as being part of a charcuterie board. And the first is prunes. Really? Yeah, I know. Um, and they're kind of big, so I typically will cut them in half or even slightly smaller before putting them on the board. Mm -hmm. But they just have such a rich, fruity flavor um, that stands up to the flavor of the cheeses. Okay. And I just think they complement the cheese really well. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they've got the fiber, so that helps. Yeah, that's um, very helpful. And then another item which I really like to include, and this is not something that you find in the deli department, um, sometimes I like to throw canned fish 
into the mix. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've not heard that one. Mm-hmm. Specifically mackerel okay. can be fantastic. And um, I don't know that our stores sell it, but Patagonia Provisions does an excellent job uh, producing canned fish. And so I recommend them specifically, but you can also find some high quality uh, canned fish in our harp stores. I would definitely go with a high quality fish though. You wouldn't mm-hmm. want your you know, entry level canned tuna on the board, but something higher in canned oysters. Or, <laughs> yeah. Although the smoky flavor of the oysters on the right board might go well. Yeah. Maybe but it, would, it yeah. would take some big cheese some big stinky Mm-hmm. cheese to stand up to the oysters but yeah it wouldn't Probably be my first so. choice no. no i did um as a kid it's surprising to me that i like this as a kid because kids are usually picky mm-hmm. but we would eat canned oysters with like ritz crackers okay and it was a good snack so I, like i hey. like i like sardines i won't judge you sardines yeah okay. i had sardines as a child really mm-hmm. i don't see i don't actually i have no not sardines i was gonna say i've had anchovies like on a caesar salad mm-hmm. um but a little, little bit different. Yeah. It's a little saltier. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Mm-hmm. They're their own thing. Right. Uh, although I will say there are sardines that you can buy, like canned, that are not salt preserved like you would use in a Caesar salad. So is there anything that most people do wrong when making a charcuterie board or a cheese board? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, I would say one thing that people don't necessarily do wrong, but something I would discourage them from doing would be just to worry that it has to be like overly fancy or very high end. Yeah. And um, there's kind of a joke out there that the kids who grew up on Lunchables think that charcuterie boards are cool because it's like an an adult (laughs) Lunchable. Yeah. Yeah. And not to say anything disparaging about about Lunchables or people who eat Lunchables, Mm -hmm. but really when you get down to it, Lunchables and charcuterie boards are like two points on the same continuum. Yes. You know, some people will think this is ridiculous for me to say, but one is a very fancy version of the other. Mm -hmm. And really there's a lot of um, territory in between the two. And so we see these pictures on Pinterest and other places where people have like these extravagant boards, but it just doesn't have to be like that. Just whatever you have on hand, whatever cheese you like, you know, if it goes together and you like it, then that's, it's good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, um, I've had charcuterie boards too, where, you know, you throw hummus on there and, mm-hmm. and for the aesthetic of it, have you seen that trick? There's a trick where you can take pepperoni or salami and drape it over the edge of a glass and you stack them like mm. in a circle. And then when you flip the glass over, it turns that salami or pepperoni into a rose oh, no, I haven't and so seen it, that. it's like a a fancy way of displaying oh. it type thing i may have to check that out it's really cool mm. um it is time consuming so mm-hmm. if you're looking to make something you know like you said not as fancy or just quick that's not something you would do but mm. um i've done it before when hosting and mm-hmm. people are like how did you do that like, actually it's kind of a quick little trick that's but a neat trick i'll have to look at that yeah yeah we discussed at the beginning that charcuterie really means like the cured meats mm-hmm. and that's where it kind of stems from um and nowadays people are kind of calling anything charcuterie as long as sure. it's on a board right which i don't think there's anything wrong with like mm-hmm. you do you right i've even seen dessert boards before so people will take i don't know popcorn and cookies and chocolate and and all kinds of just little kind of trinkety dessert snacks and they mm-hmm. put it on a board and and serve it just off the top of your head do you have any suggestions for that, like something that might be good for a dessert board. I know it's completely rogue from what um, we're talking about, but 
I don't know that I have any input there, but I will say, yes, traditionally it's a charcuterie. You know, charcuterie boards contain meat. A lot of people serve cheese boards. They don't eat meat for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with putting a cheese board together and not including the meat. Uh, I won't be so militant about whether that should be referred to as a charcuterie board or not. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can appreciate just the um, creativity that people display when they put any of these other types of boards together. Yeah. You know, I think it just speaks to how inventive people are and how we work with what we have. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun to put food out in a way that sort of brings people together to draw mm-hmm. off of that, you know, common serving vessel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to answer your question, no, I don't have any fun sort of dessert board ideas. I'll probably think of one after we've done recording. But Yeah. See, as you were talking, I was thinking of a bunch of things that we didn't write down. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw a TikTok the other day. I'm going to trail off of a mom who mm-hmm. was trying to get her kids to eat more types of food sure. and kind of branch out and, you know, not just eat chicken nuggets and fries or whatever. Right. And she heard a tip that if you take all these kinds of new foods, let's say they don't like cheese or they don't like broccoli or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you take those things and you put them next to like a cookie or those other things that, that they will eat. And you kind of just put it all together on a board. They're more likely to try it like try new things because they're associating those things together on one plate or one, I don't know. But she did this and I guess it really encouraged her kids to try new foods. So is that something that you think like might be beneficial for parents to try and get their kids to, to eat better? I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, And I suppose if you're tired of your child having Lunchables, maybe (laughs) open the Lunchables and take out whatever one component is in there that you don't want them to have and, or even just add to what is there something that you would like for them to try. Yeah. Because they're sort of already in that mindset of eating this item. Yeah. And it's an interesting approach. I also was thinking on the note of like dessert boards and just different kinds of charcuterie boards. Like I, I struggle even calling it charcuterie because we know that charcuterie involves meat. So there's charcuterie and there's cheese and then just people have gotten creative sure, and done yeah. their own thing. But I was also thinking, again, as a college student, sometimes it can be hard to, if you're exhausted or mm-hmm. if you have a limited, you know, selection in your kitchen, um, it can be hard to like put together a meal or have the energy to cook. And it might be good for college students to make creative boards, mm-hmm. like just what you have in your cabinet, even if it's not something that's cheese or healthy necessarily. But if you're trying to just get something in your stomach, it could be fun to, you know, get a, a cutting board out, throw Doritos and yeah. <laughs> whatever you have on there. And sure. so then it feels a little bit fancier than just like yeah. going in the pantry and grabbing something. And I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, gives you an opportunity to be artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're speaking too about being pressed for time and that sort of thing. Sometimes for my meal prep, you know, I'll put together like a little several Tupperwares at the same time of meat and cheese. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's like not really a charcuterie board for my lunch, Mm -hmm. but it's something that you can throw together quickly to your point and Mm -hmm. can use up pretty much whatever you have on hand. Yeah. Uh, However, I will say if you're, if you're sort of pre doing your Tupperware, uh, meat and cheese trays or whatever for your lunch, you might store your crackers or your bread separately because otherwise the, the moisture will make them stale. I second that mm-hmm. because I did try to meal prep a few months ago and I really failed at it because I, I put vegetables, fruits, 
cheeses, that type of thing, with my Ritz crackers. And then by lunch, the crackers were soggy. Right. And then I didn't meal prep ever again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I do want to get back into it. I just, I don't even know where to start. It can yeah. be hard. It can be. It can be. Yeah. 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 Or you could just keep like a toaster oven in your office and then throw the crackers in there right before you eat. Dry them out. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. your boss would love that. Yeah. No, we have a microwave in there. We can figure I it out. I don't know that you can microwave a cracker and make it dry. Dang it. Toaster. Okay. I need to invest in a toaster oven then. Yeah. There you go. So one more thing. Mm-hmm. This is also not charcuterie board, but it's trending right now for people to make butter boards. Have you heard of that? I have heard of this. What do you think of it? I'm not excited about it. No? No. I'm behind the times. What can That's I say? hilarious. I know. So what I, is it that you don't like about it? I mean, I like butter, mm-hmm. but I just like plain butter. So my butter board would have one type of butter on it for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I guess I'm just slow to adopt it. Are you a butter board uh, advocate? I don't know. Because this girl loves butter. Mm-hmm. But also. I mean, I love butter too. Yeah. I um, Specifically, shout out, not sponsored, but Texas Roadhouse, the cinnamon honey butter. Have you had it? I don't recall. Oh, God. I need to bring you some. Okay. It is so good. I would maybe eat that on a board. Like oh. take the roll and you dip it. Oh, it. yeah. It's well, so good. Um, but see, that's just one type of butter. It is just one type of So a butter board would consist of multiple types of butter? I would think so. I don't I don't know. So I've only had a few videos suggesting it and um, haven't gotten any more. So I think my algorithm has figured out that I'm not a fan. Could be. Um, I would maybe. I would maybe try it. I shouldn't say that I'm not a fan. But for people who are listening that don't know what a butter board is, basically you take soft butter and you take, you know, a, a knife or whatever you're using to spread it and you kind of take it and you spread the butter across your charcuterie board in or your uh, cutting board in like an intricate pattern. Not all, It doesn't have to be intricate, I guess, but people are like making it look really pretty. They spread the butter all across the board and then usually they season it with, you know, uh, rosemary, cracked pepper, salt just all kinds of different things just depending on the type of butter and then they take baked bread and they'll just here you go and they set it out and they let people scoop it off the board with the bread i mean now you're selling me on it am i <laughs> just a little bit i don't know that i'll <laughs> just try describing it, but... a video that i saw yeah. um so it is a new concept i think yeah. but i feel like it would also have to really speak to people who aren't germaphobes mm. because you are i mean you, there's a potential for double dipping there you're sharing a lot of germs, which I don't care, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess the same could be said of a charcuterie board. You've got everything assembled and everyone is sort of helping themselves to it. That's true. That's um, true. One thing that's um, kind of fun is if you've got like a dining table uh, and your setup is conducive to this, you can put a, a lazy Susan on the top and then put your board on top and, and just oh. sort of like spin it. You know, so people seated yeah. at the table can help themselves. That is a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Modern problems require modern solutions. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> to kind of wrap up, is there anything that we haven't talked about or that I haven't touched on that um, you would like to talk about? Um, you know, I, I suppose just general layout of the board. I would probably, when you're setting a board up, place your cheeses sort of separately and fill in the gaps between them with all of your other items just mm-hmm. to kind of break it up visually yeah, and, you know, just have fun setting it up 
And also flavors really are typically best enjoyed at room temperature. And so it's really best to like set these up and to have them sit out at room temperature long enough. So, you know, they're not cold when you eat them. Okay. Now the flip side to that though, is if you have, you know, cut cheese out for very long, it will dry out. Yeah. And so what you can do is you can set up your board and have it sit out at room temperature, but cover it with like either, you know, plastic wrap or parchment paper or, you know, some sort of other cover just so it doesn't dry out. But still, um, people can enjoy the the flavors at room temperature. And, you know, um, just again, to reiterate, don't feel like it has to be overly fancy and don't feel like you have to go to the store to pick up everything you need. You can work with a lot of items that you probably already have on hand. And really, there's a lot of flexibility. So long as you enjoy what's going on the board, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, good to know. I'll be yeah. gone next week. Bye. Dang it. I know. Gosh, where are you going? Uh, down to the Gulf Coast Food Show. Fun. I know. That's going to be exciting. Are you going to be there all week? Uh, well, we'll be touring stores on our way there and, um, and maybe on our way back. So I'll be gone for most of the week. So I guess probably this is it, huh? For your questions. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is it. Um, have I asked you what your favorite kind of cheese is? Nope, and I don't know that I have one. <laughs> okay, hey, yeah. that's okay. I mean, I can I can appreciate that question, but um, it's like you know picking your favorite child, right? <laughs> not supposed to have one. Yeah, not supposed to, but you do. Well, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, maybe everybody. I don't know. I'm not a parent, but same. Um, my mom says she doesn't have one, but I'm convinced I'm her favorite. Well, you could be. Well, Jason, thanks for talking to me today about charcuterie boards, different kinds of cheeses. Uh, It was a really fun discussion, really interesting and informative. We hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to send them to the email linked in the description below. Let us know what you'd like to hear about next. And we hope you keep listening to the Hometown Fresh podcast.